As a prayer of intercession tonight, we want to pray for each other. Not that we become inward looking, but rather that together we acknowledge our utter dependence on our Saviour so that we may live lives worthy of him. Let's pray. Using the words of Paul to the Colossians. So then, just as we have received Christ Jesus as Lord, we continue to live our lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith we have been taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This is our prayer for the glory and in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good evening. Uh, tonight we're at the last of our series on discipleship. And uh, we've been looking at some DVD clips which have been produced by uh, PCI. And tonight we come to the uh, one called Continue. How are we going to continue to live our lives rooted in the Lord Jesus? So we're going to have uh, a DVD clip now. And then we're going to finish it with uh, the final part of the DVD after communion. So there's two little clips tonight. The first one is about eight minutes long. Anybody come across The Calvary Road by Roy Hessian? Is that a book that is familiar to anyone here? Okay, interesting. This was the first book of discipleship I read. It was at university and it really blew me away. This was a book that showed me how the Holy Spirit wants to make us people like Jesus and to lead us to a point of repentance. I have a copy to give away. Who would like it? Okay. Enjoy and then uh, please pass it on to somebody else. That's the point of these free gifts. Uh, and we're delighted about that. Okay. Discipleship is our subject. It's been what we've been thinking over the last number of Sunday nights. It is what we were thinking about this morning with our uh, uh, guest from Rwanda. And we've been thinking that a disciple is uh, someone who is a, uh, an apprentice to a craftsman. Uh, disciples work alongside and learn from the master. And that's what we're seeking to do, isn't it? Uh, as we've been looking at the essentials of starting off in the Christian life, so we're to continue and grow in the Christian faith. We've thought about a whole lot of C's. Uh, to remember, come and call, community, culture, courage, cost challenge. There's a lot in this discipleship thing and tonight it's uh, continue. And so Luke chapter 9, uh, 28 through to 36 is our guiding text and we want to keep our eyes fixed on him. Luke chapter 9, 28. Let's just pray together. In Philippians 1 we're told he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so, Heavenly Father, holding on to that promise, that you will encourage our hearts, strengthen our wills to be apprentices, followers and disciples of the Lord Jesus. Enable us 
we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know what uh, you make of the passage that was read for us on the DVD tonight about the transfiguration of Jesus and what that has got to do with the subject of continuing as a disciple or as a group of disciples in Jesus. I confess it took me a wee while for me to get my head around that. But once I got it, a light bulb moment occurred and I did get very excited by the discovery. So I hope some of that excitement communicates to you as well. Uh, Look, if you will, at chapter 9 for the immediate context of what we've been looking at. In verses 18 through to 27, that's page 1039. Having spent a good while with them and exposing them to his ministry, Jesus asked his disciples who they supposed he was. And with characteristic boldness, as you know, verse 20, Peter answered, you are the Christ, that is, you are the anointed one of God. You are the Messiah. Jesus, you are the promised king. The one the prophets, the priests, and the kings in the Old Testament were pointing forward to. Full marks Peter. Very well done. And then he moves on to a more searching question. But what sort of Messiah do you think I am? And that then led to this revolutionary teaching that God's Christ would not be a king with a crown of gold on his head. Rather, he would be a ruler bearing a crown of thorns. He wouldn't be a monarch with pomp and ceremony, but of suffering and pain. The Son of Man, verse 22, must suffer many things and be rejected and must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And Jesus then went on even more to say, and if any of you want to follow me and be my disciple, verse 23, then that's the path you will be called to take as well. The road of discipleship in Jesus is a path of self-denial. It is a route of taking up your cross daily and, yes, even having to face persecution and death. And as you know, many who call themselves Christians have had to face that in many parts of the world down through the ages, including today. Now, if that is a perspective of Christ's life and death and resurrection from a world context, from a human point of view, that Jesus, the Christ, was destined to die for our sins and be raised for our justification. This next section, the bit that we're looking at tonight, that's verses 28 through 36. And this, I owe this to Professor David Gooding. This Next section also pertains to the identity of Jesus, but this time from the perspective of beyond this world. So this second section, verses 18 through to 27, is an account of how disciples gradually came to realize, yes, through their personal experience who Jesus is, whereas the second section, the section pertaining to the transfiguration, gives a rare glimpse into what God permits us to see of the eternal kingdom. This is an insight 
that has always been known for all of time concerning who Jesus is. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He's much greater than Moses. He's much greater than Elijah. He's the apex of all that will or ever has taken place. And that's from God's perspective, not merely ours. Let me put it another way. What happened here in the transfiguration when Jesus' glory became evident for a little moment, for a glimpse in space and time, is that the disciples who had just realized who Jesus was, what kind of Christ he would be, were given a rare and privileged glimpse into the real existence of another parallel universe. They were given a revelation of what was beyond this physical space. There's another kingdom that isn't merely future to our world, but is concurrent with it. Although it is, not, is also below, it is also before and also beyond it. And this was the light bulb moment which I gladly share with you. Here in this passage, in Luke 9, 28 through to 26, concerning the transfiguration of Jesus... The disciples of Jesus and us by extension are privileged to gain an insight into who Jesus is from a heavenly point of view. This is my son whom I have chosen, says the father. Listen to him. Why? Because although Moses had offered the Passover sacrifice to save Israel from the wrath of God as the first step towards the liberation from bondage and exodus from out of slavery. That sacrifice that Moses offered was pointing forward to the Lord Jesus who must die. Moses offered an innocent lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God who has come to save Israel from the anger of God, bring liberation from slavery, bring his people into the promised land. And although Elijah had offered a sacrifice on Mount Carmel, we know that from 1 Kings 18, and that was vindicated by fire from heaven to win Israel back from her idolatry. So now the Lord Jesus, by his supreme and personal sacrifice and resurrection it, and is vindicated by God, his heavenly Father, in order to win the people back from the worship of false gods and by granting the gift of the Holy Spirit from heaven. So what the disciples witnessed here on the Mount of Transfiguration, in this little glimpse into this parallel universe that is concurrent with ours, getting a little glimpse of glory, is not simply the sight of the past or the future, but is the evidence of the affirmation that God has for Jesus as the Savior, as the ultimate revelation of who he is, and as this Jesus has come once, so he will come again. I was interested to read the eyewitness account of Peter. Peter was here. Now, I know he was half asleep for, for most of the time. But 
listen to this, and here I end in his second letter, Second Peter chapter 1, is actually the verses just after what Antoine read for us this morning. Second Peter 1, 16 through to 18. It's page 1222. This is what Peter says. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven, says Peter, when we were in the sacred mountain. So discipleship, and this is the point on which we end, discipleship is not merely following somebody who tragically suffered and died. The death of the Lord Jesus was no horrible accident which just happened to happen at a particular time. Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, Jesus' resurrection was known by God. It was foreordained by God before the very foundation of the world in order that we might be his disciples. Long before Moses, long before Elijah, Jesus was set apart to lead us to God. And the shame and the death of Jesus on the cross was not an obstacle in the way of Christ setting up his kingdom. Rather, his willingness to suffer and die was the reason for his father's affirmation and the grounds of bestowing on his son's supreme glory. So this Jesus, this Christ, this glorious one is worth following, isn't it? This Messiah is worth trusting with every part of our being. This is the Lord who is worthy of our discipleship. Because God himself has affirmed him as such. Continue then. Keep on keeping on following Jesus, for he of all lords is the only one worthy of honor and praise and glory. He is the one worthy of everything. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest, remain and abide with you this night and forevermore.